Hey everyone, and welcome back to Student Entrepreneur 101. In this episode, I'm excited to introduce Rosie Mangerati, the founder and CEO of Perkies, a company creating innovative undergarments for women, including sticky bras with replaceable adhesives. Her startup is dedicated to sustainability, inclusivity, and empowering women to feel confident. Rosie started Perkies during her time as a student at Brown University and has since then launched full-time and is now partnered with major brands like Urban Outfitters. In this episode, you'll learn about Rosie's experience building Perkies, the importance of persistence in getting where you want to be, why your network is everything, and more. Rosie, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. I'm so excited for our conversation. Likewise, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I would love to kick off our conversation today by going back to the very beginning where it all started. And so let's talk about the beginning of your journey, you know, for for you, which started in college. So, yes. yeah. So, I mean, so my first question would be, uh, you know, what inspired Perkies and why was it created during your time at Brown University? Yeah. So at Brown, I studied business and entrepreneurship. And through that course or through that program, students had to take a class called the entrepreneurial process. So my junior year, we were tasked with creating a business plan around a product or a service that solves for a customer pain point. And our professor, Danny Warshay at Brown, really focused on entrepreneurship solving for a customer pain point. And we got into groups and had to brainstorm an idea. And I thankfully reached out to a friend of mine who had an idealist on her phone. And in high school, I told her about one of my problems and it was sticky bras and they didn't work well. And you wore them, wore them a few times and they would lose their stick and they just stopped working after just a few wears. So they were, you know, bad for the environment. They would lose their adhesion. And I really just thought there ought to be a solution. So I turned to her and I said, someone needs to create a sticky bra with replaceable adhesives. She thankfully wrote it down in her notes on her iPhone. Fast forward four years, I'm at Brown taking this course, working with my team to come up with this idea that solves a customer pain point. Thankfully reached out to Gab. She, re she recalled that idea. I pitched it to my team of five classmates and they were like, let's do it. So we spent that semester working on a business plan on this concept of the Rely Bra. Uh, that was the original name. Thankfully, we've rebranded since. And essentially, the concept was a sticky bra with layered and replaceable, replaceable adhesives um, to combat the issues of quickly losing adhesion, falling off when, they, when you sweat, a dirty adhesive, unsanitary, and then a... Uh, um, unsustainable option, you know, bad for the environment when you could only get a few uses out of each bra. Yeah, so that was where it started. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And just to hear how, you know, your, your uh, time at university, you took a class and it totally just kind of provided like a launching pad almost for what Perkies is today. And that's amazing that you and your friend like had that list that went way back when. And that's just, that's so amazing I'm how sure. all the pieces like 
fell together during your time at college. That's a, that's awesome. Exactly. I'm like, I wonder what other ideas on her list are mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. And I, I would love to dig a little deeper into your experience in the earlier days of Perky's. You know, at what point did you decide to pursue it full time? Was it during college, after college? How did that come together? Yeah. So that was my junior spring. No. Yeah. My junior spring. And my senior fall, I started to get a little more involved with the entrepreneurship program at Brown and Brown also started to ramp it up. So they started, they started to put more money into it. And at one point in the fall, they had a speaker come or two speakers come and he, it was, you know, about 40 or 50 students were in the room and he spoke about the importance of, if you're going to start a company, do it when you're young you take on way less risk. You don't have kids. You don't have a mortgage. You don't have a family relying on you. It's really just you and your company. And if you fail, you're only really putting yourself at risk. And I remember sitting there and being so thankful that I had chosen to go there that day because I felt like he was directly speaking to me. And the next week was the Rhode Island elevator pitch competition. So one of my classmates from that course happened to be there too. So the two of us pitched in the Rhode Island elevator pitch competition and won third place. And then going forward, the Nelson Center for Entrepreneurship, which is Brown's entrepreneurship program, they would constantly call on me to apply to pitch competitions, um, apply to their summer accelerator program. And it kind of gave me this win behind my back that this is a pro this is a viable solution to a real world problem. Not to mention I was a woman in college and surrounded by women in college who also resonated with this problem of sticky bras not working. So I was, it was like constant reiteration that like, this is a great idea. Um, And then I did a pitch competition at Brown that spring, spring of my senior year. And it was like a big deal because it was one of seven finalists and several hundred, like, probably got over hundred teams applied. And then that summer I was accepted into Brown's summer accelerator program. And from there, I kind of was like, all right, this thing has legs. Um, and thankfully my parents were more than happy to have me move home with them after college. So after that summer accelerator program, moved home with my parents and filled it. Yeah. Wow, that's an incredible story. And I think it's so amazing that, you know, through your college experience, you had access to all of these opportunities, you know, pitch competitions, and then later the accelerator program. So that's so great. And I think that's just a lesson to say, hey, like, find out what opportunities are available to you, you know, what programs are out there, talk to people at the university. um, And don't underestimate your status as a student, because a lot of people are willing to take calls with students over, you know, professionals in the real world they're way more likely, especially if you went to the same school. But I really do think that there is um, something to be said about being a student seeking information from someone who's graduated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Leveraging your alumni network, whatever that might be, definitely look for the opportunities available to you as a student. That's that's so amazing that, you know, you had all of those opportunities. And you mentioned moving back home, you know, to pursue the opportunity. You know, what was this experience like and how did it help you in the early stages uh, to continue growing Perkies? Yeah, it was like do or die. I either moved to the city and had a real world job or I started my company and lived at home. Like it's 
not, I didn't have tons of money to work with. So I lived at home and would babysit and tutor. And that was kind of my source of income. And I was lucky for several reasons. One, I have a great relationship with my parents. Two, there was space in the house for me to live. Um, and also our proximity to New York City. So it's not like I didn't, ha- I didn't move to the middle of nowhere and didn't have a social life. Every weekend I was in the city with my friends, which honestly was helpful for the company because I was constantly hearing feedback and reiteration that my friends need this product. And it was really helpful for me to know that because that honestly is what kept me going when it got really hard throughout the product development phase. Um, But yeah, I never, I don't know. I think because I never, I mean, I went from college to living at home. I never really thought it was that weird or I didn't really go from like living, living truly on my own Mm -hmm. to with my parents. So it wasn't this like crazy contrast. Um, And yeah, I'm again, lucky, very lucky with my relationship with my parents. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. And, and really amazing that you were able to do that and how that almost like propelled you just to be able to like, Hey, like I have a space and now I could just focus on the company, focus on growth, um, and then do some R and D and, and talking about the research and development process in in developing what Perkies is today, you know, what was the most challenging part of that? You know, you're working with, you know, almost like a techno- an adhesive technology, right? You're doing something that's never been done before. So, I mean, what was that like? What challenges did you face in that research process? It was very challenging and probably to date the most challenging part of this journey because it was so, it was, you couldn't raise money without a product. You, it was really hard to create a product without money. So I kind of just had to sacrifice time, um, which was fine. I had time. And I... Oh, it was so difficult because like you said, this hasn't been done before. And I couldn't go to a sticky raw company or manufacturer and say, make me this with replaceable adhesives because they don't have that technology. Right. And there's no bra pad manufacturer in the US. So I had to go overseas to China. And then the adhesives had to be done in the US. And I had to figure, oh my God, I've tested like hundreds of adhesives on my skin. I would take spin classes with them on. I would make sure the adhesive was strong enough, but wouldn't hurt when you remove it. And then at the same time, when you remove it, I needed the adhesives to come off your skin and not outside, not off the bra. But eventually when you peel back the adhesives, they would have to come outside the bra. So it was just like insane project. (laughs) I had to spend years figuring out what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But finally, and again, I give my friends a lot of credit because they would ask me every weekend, when are we getting this sticky bra? And I was like, I will not, not let you get this. Like it's going to come to you. I'm going to stick with this until I get it to you. Then we'll see. But thankfully I got to them, her great feedback. And then, um, in the meantime, I launched a couple other products, which we can get into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so amazing. And I just, I'm like, have this image of, of, you know, being in a spin class and testing out your product. That's, that's really great. I mean, but you know, that's what it takes, you know, being able to, you know, kind of get your hands dirty and just kind of get, get down to the testing process, see what works, see what doesn't work, iterate all the time. And I also think it's amazing that your friends are almost like your accountability partners in this whole journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Couldn't let them down. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's great. And making sure that, you know, you kind of stayed, stayed on course, made sure that you were kind of, you know, making progress along the way that that's amazing to have those people in your life. That's, that's great. And, 
And now to get a little further down into the launch process, I would love to talk about, you know, what, what were some really important decisions that you made in the early stages of Perky's? Because I know that launching a business involves a lot of really, really important, sometimes hard decisions and, and the move back to the parent, to your parents' house. I mean, that was, I mean, that was a great experience for you, but I'm just curious, you know, what is something that you think was really important in making sure that Perky's uh, became what it is today? I really think balance and like not and positivity, I'm big on positivity, like not letting the lows get you too low. Um, you know, every day it was like another thing I had to tackle. And again, I didn't even have a product. It wasn't even like I was generating revenue to offset that. So I just couldn't let myself get down. Um, and on the balance side of things, it was really important for me to go into the city, to spend time with friends to have a life outside of Perkies because at times it was right. totally all consuming. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I'd say those two things were my saving graces. But I also think one thing that I did that was really smart was I did a pre-order. So, you know, over those three years, I learned that so many women want this product. And I'm like, how do I monetize someone saying that? So I started a pre-order almost, I think, nine months before I launched because I thought it was going to be sooner. It took forever. COVID, throw okay. COVID in there. Um, and I started having people Venmo me $40 if they wanted the perky sticky bra with their size and their shade of nude that they wanted. And when I, I helped use that money to fund the initial production run. And then again, like when I sent that out to my 200 pre-orders, I had tons of Instagram posts and content and whatnot, which really helped propel and, make the brand more visible and notable amongst their followers. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So focusing on the balance and also taking measures to increase visibility, right? Because, I mean, I think it's definitely true. You can build something amazing, but if you don't, you know, take the steps to market or, you know, make sure that you have brand awareness, no one's going to know that this amazing product that is exactly what they need is even out there. So, yeah, that's that's really great to hear that, you know, making sure you had visibility on socials and also the pre-order. I think that's really fascinating. I don't know many um, people that I've interviewed on the show that actually did pre-orders to make almost like a, I know there's like crowdfunding exists. Yeah, there's like a Kickstarter crowd. Like a lot of people yeah. suggested that, but then it sounded like a whole other animal to tackle. So I'm like, you know, what? Yeah. I'm just going to do the simple Venmo me $40 and yeah. And it totally it works. works for for, yeah. For like financing the production run, keeping you accountable. So yeah, that's so awesome that that was, you know, kind of the, the path that you chose to take to fin to um, finally like release perkies. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, you talked about, you know, the challenge of finding a manufacturer, someone that could like, you know, work with you to produce the, the adhesives and the bras and, and, and there's nowhere in the US that does it. You went, you actually went overseas. You, you said to China. So. I didn't physically go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you looked, you looked overseas. I went, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Well, I think, you know, that's exactly one of the biggest challenges. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have starting out, at least with physical products, is finding a manufacturer, even like clothing and retail, like finding a manufacturer to like produce your product and someone to, you know, you know, that whole like supply and manufacturer chain. And, and for you working with the new technology, I mean, how was that? Like what challenge did you have to overcome to kind of secure these partnerships? Oh my gosh. It was, it was more so just like, logistics and I actually have this bra right next to me. So I'll show you. 
basically I had to find a manufacturer that can like do an indent like this at, you know, X amount of millimeters so that you could have the adhesive that you could place into it. And even today, I'm still <laughs> clearly placing the adhesives into it. Um, just super complicated, tedious work, which mm-hmm. I clearly am cut out for because I'm here now. And I don't think a lot of people would have made it past that point or would have just like, you know, choose to would have chose to just forgo that product and gone to something else. Um, and I do think there was a lot of growth that happened through that process. Um, and now I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I've launched two other products since that I'm more focused on now. We have the Perky's Petals nipple covers and the Perky's Nips nipple enhancers. And those are our best sellers. We're working with major companies um, as distributors for those products. So it's been an interesting journey and fun to pivot and be open to new things and to change and to not be like so, you know, stuck in my ways about the sticky bra. I'm kind of just more go with the flow and lean into what's working. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's really, and thank you for showing like kind of like a demonstration. Cause I think that really helps people understand like, yeah, it's not, it's going to be a difficult, sometimes tedious process, right? Like you're not going to find someone maybe to do everything. And so as an entrepreneur, you wear many hats and you know, that's you, you're kind of like the person behind the logistics and you know, you could be the person at the end, you know, getting a product ready, you know, to go out and be distributed. So yeah, that's, that's so amazing. And, and yeah, congratulations for doing that. I mean, just to see like where Perky's is today, the level of success that you've achieved and to see that, you know, even, even now, like there's still so much to be done and as far as like you alone. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. No, it's fun. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it to anyone who wants yeah. to explore the entrepreneurial journey. It's a ride. Yeah. Definitely, like almost like a roller coaster, but you know, it's yeah, it's, roller coaster, not so not worth a- it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and you know, now talking about, you know, doing like figuring out the logistics and and partnering with major distributors, I'd love to talk about, you know, the growth strategy behind Perkies. You know, you did, in building your team, because uh, I think you do have a team now, right? I have a couple freelancers, but like mostly just yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had you- a Yes, yes. And even like, you know, partnering with freelancers, you know, how, like, what strategy did you use to build up that level of support and find people that could help you maybe complement you, like you have strengths in one area and have people kind of almost like not outsourcing, but almost like how did you find a support system to continue growing Perkies? Yeah, a lot of it was through my own personal network. So for instance, we work with one Amazon guy and he's amazing. And he, I was connected with him through, I played lacrosse at Brown. The, my freshman year, we had a goalie coach and it, it was his friend who helped run Amazon ads. And, you know, I connected with him during that R&D process and fast forward four years when I finally launched the product, he helped me get on Amazon and every other week we have calls. And again, that was through someone I know, someone I trust. Um, I really do appreciate the Brown Network. They've connected me with a handful of RISD students. So Rhode Island School of Design is right down the street from Brown and they attract some of the best art side, like the artsy side of things, talent. And I worked with this woman named Pooja who helped me with all things branding, Perkies, the logo, the 
the whole brand image that Perky's um, portrays, that was what she helped me with. Now I'm working with a product designer who went to RISD. And again, I was connected through with him through the Brown connection. Um, and I mean, without the two of them, a lot of our products and brand wouldn't be where they are today. And then I've over time just had different interns come through again, a lot through Brown. Don't underestimate the alumni relations. And yeah, it's kind of just word of mouth and trusting your gut. I've worked with people too who like haven't felt right with mm-hmm. and just knowing that you'll end up working well with someone who's excited about what you're excited about and, you know, ready to put forth their best foot. Yeah, definitely. And once again, you drive home the point of, you know, really take advantage of your school network, your personal network. I mean, I think it's amazing. Like, what are the, like, how could you have known back then that, you know, that connection through your lacrosse team would help you today in growing and scaling Perkies? That's, that's just so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So really invest in your network, almost like really take measures to stay connected and like really build those connections. It's all in the network. Every, I I was at this event recently and it was like every question is answered by a who. Every how is answered by a who. And I I like that. that. I really, like really resonated with me because it's all in the network and all who you know. And it's a matter of showing up to things and putting yourself out there. And that's how you get those who's. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's, that's the first time I've heard that phrase, but I really like that. It is so true because I mean, it's not even just who you know, but when you create opportunities for yourself, that's networking and getting out there and finding people that can resonate with you and support you. So yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. And now I'd like to talk about, you know, now that we've talked about, you know, the measures and, and, and even the people that have helped you grow and scale Perky's today, I want to talk about one of your major accomplishments that, you know, we had the opportunity to talk about way back when I met you in person at the conference. But um, I would love to talk about the Urban Outfitters experience uh, with Perkies. You know, getting your products into such a major place like Urban Outfitters is just such a big achievement. And can you just walk us through the steps you took to to get that partnership and, you know, get your products with with them? That's amazing. Yes, this is an appropriate follow-up question to my how and who comment every how, like, how am I going to get into Urban Outfitters? No, who is going to help you get into Urban Outfitters? And I have a friend named Emily Kennison, and we are part of this direct-to-consumer female founder group that we meet with monthly. And she is on Urban Outfitters. So I reached out to her about a year ago and she said, okay, I'll make the intro. I think she made the intro, but it kind of reached a dead end. And then a few months later, I had a note to follow up and I had forgotten that she had made the intro. So I asked her to make the intro again, not knowing that she already had. She had forgotten that she hadn't made the intro already. So she reached out to her contact there. He had forgotten that because I would look back and I was like, okay, this already happened. He had forgotten that she had reached out. He was with the Urban Outfitters accessories buying team when he received that email. They said they were interested Oh, wow. I sent them the samples. They were ready to buy. And wow. the easiest. But it's perseverance, persistence, yes. not taking no for an answer. If it's no, it means not yet. Like yes. there is no such thing as a no. It's a not yet. Or it's tweak a few things and then it's yes. Yeah. So that's kind of 
been my rule of thumb and it's worked. And just, I mean, it's hard work too. <laughs> Persistence, yeah. like sending follow-up emails, taking note of, I also keep track of what I do every single day. And at the end of each month, I go through everything and highlight the accomplishments of the month and have a list of follow-ups. It's yeah. like, oh, I reached out to them. They never replied. Oh, I sent this in, never heard a response. And just keeping track of all of that has been really helpful in my persistence and follow-ups. And it's led to amazing things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's incredible. And it almost seems simple, but only because of the perseverance you had and the consistency you had to keep reaching out and say, hey, like, I didn't get a response yet. I yeah, I want to make this happen. So that's so amazing. And, and, you know, and just brands like, want to see that too. Brands want to know how badly you want to be on their platform. They don't want yes. people to take it for granted. Yes, absolutely. And so, oh, that's just so amazing. And, and so that's a really great lesson for everyone listening right now. Just persistence is so, so important to getting you where you want to go. Um, you know, and it's not even that it had been a no, it's just that, you know, someone forgot to see an email. And to, if, you, if that's the only thing between you and your biggest next accomplishment, your biggest next partnership, then that's just even like all the more reason to keep emailing, keep checking in, keep following up and you just never know what exactly. could come out of that. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So, oh my gosh, just to see the role that you, you know, one, your network and two persistence, persistency had in securing. Those are like my big two. Yeah. The big two. Oh my God. That's so cool. Wow. And um, a follow-up question I have, you know, aside from persistency and, and well, network was such a huge advantage in this, in securing this partnership, but what advice do you have for, you know, maybe students listening to this call, other people listening to our conversation right now who who are looking to secure partnerships with major, major brands like Urban Outfitters. Don't underestimate the power of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I have met, I mean, the other night I was up till late, my, in my standards, late 10 PM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me Messaging people from my biggest brands, my dream, I created a 2024 vision board and I had a handful of brands on it. And I'm like, I'm going to start this now. So I started reaching out to people on LinkedIn, added a message and sent a, you know, a connection request. And this morning I had a call with one woman who I connected with, who's, I might have a potential relationship with her company, um, reach out to her in November, sent her samples or she replied, sent her samples. She's obsessed with the samples. She wants the, her brand to carry them, had a call with her this morning. And now the ball's in my court. Wow. And that was through, we didn't have one single mutual LinkedIn connection. Mm. Obviously, the more LinkedIn mutuals you have, the better. There's also a filter on LinkedIn where you can do linkedin.com slash alumni. And it allows you to look at people who went to your school too, who work at specific companies. But I do think, you know, a warm, friendly note with a LinkedIn request goes could go a long way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. That's something that I did not know existed. So LinkedIn slash alumni. Okay. Yeah. That's great. That's a feature I just learned about today. <laughs> cool. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And so, yeah, definitely using the power of LinkedIn to find people, even if, I, I mean, I love that you guys didn't even have a single mutual connection, but it's all about, you know, your message and making sure, you know, really just tailoring your message, making sure that you're really talking about who you are, what your brand is, being able to pitch yourself, I think is so important and getting a, having a really great focused understanding of your brand, your mission and 
what you hope to achieve with that, you know, connection. So important. And I do think being the face of your brand and being authentic is very important. And people see that people notice that. And if I had a sales rep or an intern LinkedIn messaging people, it would not go nearly as far as it goes when I'm like, hi, I'm Rosie. I'm the founder and CEO of Perky's started in college. Now I'm doing this. And then I think there's a lot of power to the authenticity part of it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's so amazing. So yes, definitely leverage the power of LinkedIn and check that out. LinkedIn slash alumni. That's great. I'm going to use that. (laughs) So yeah. Um, Awesome. So another thing I wanted to talk about is, okay, so you've secured the Urban Outfitters partnership that's been happening. You know, how has that helped? I mean, like what kind of impact has it had on your brand awareness and visibility? I mean, just what have you seen like the then versus now? Yeah, I do think, well, first of all, they do have, they do ship internationally. So that's been nice because I've had people from other countries reach out to see if I could ship to them and I could lead them to Urban Outfitters and they could order from there. So that's been great. The brand name of Urban Outfitters does open doors. We've since secured another big retailer that we're launching on next month. Can't publicly disclose it just yet, but I'm very excited about that. And, um, Again, getting that will then open that many more doors. And I do think, again, the name just carries a lot of weight. Um, And then ideally getting in stores is my next goal. So right now we're in urbanoutfitters.com and my goal is to get into Urban Outfitters stores. And that'll just lead to that much more brand recognition, brand visibility, and more sales. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see it happen. And I'm so excited to find out your, you know, your next big partnership. I can't wait for that to be revealed. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. So big things on the horizon for Perkies. And that's, that's just so amazing. That's, that's great. And, um, I think, you know, okay, so we have one major partnership down the line. That's so amazing. And, you know, thinking long-term thinking to the future, what does success for you and Perkies look like? I always say my muse is Sarah Blake Lee from Spanx. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with her, but Absolutely. she's led this. She built this empire and then built this amazing life around it and has four kids and has lives her life through charity and giving back. And I would love to be in that position one day to, yes, grow my empire, but then live a fulfilling life with a family and give back. And as I, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but we do donate 5% of website sales to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, and we create products for the breast cancer community. So we're pretty tied in there. And I think through growth, we could further that relationship, further support that community, further create products for that community. Um, and yeah, and, and beyond. I don't want to limit myself to just the breast cancer community. I want to go above and beyond and give back in many ways including investing in younger female founders. So one of my goals with Perky is is to grow it and to have extra income for me to make angel investments in young founders. Oh, well, that's so exciting. And I am just, I'm rooting for you. Like, I really want to see that happen. I think it's so amazing the work you do with Perky's, you know, first of all, just growing it as your, as you said, like your own empire, that's, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I cannot (laughs) wait to see that happen. (laughs) And, you know, eventually, you know, giving back, I mean, you're already giving back now, as you said, um, but then furthering that down the line and helping other entrepreneurs um, who are going to be maybe in your 
shoes, same shoes one day. So that's, that's so exciting to think about. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rosie. You have shared so many amazing insights throughout our entire conversation today. Um, before we go, I would like to ask, what is your one final word of advice that you have for everyone listening to our conversation today who is really inspired by your story and hopes to start their own business one day? One piece of advice that I love is don't take advice from someone you don't want to be. Mm. And a lot of times we think of these people in power as you know, giving the best advice, but then you look at their lives and you're like, do I want to be this specific, have this specific role or whatnot? So I think that's just something I've been told that I try to think about often. Yeah. Wow. That's really great. And, you know, making sure that the people that your role want, you're, that your role modeling after is like someone that, okay, I do want to end up where they are in 10 years from now. Exactly. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's a really great piece of advice. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, Rosie, thank you so much for thank your you time for today. Me. You're a yeah. great interviewer. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And just thank you for being on the show. And I wish you the best of luck with all that you do at Perkies. Thank you. And that's the end of this episode on Student Entrepreneur 101. Today, we learned the story behind Perkies and listened to Rosie share valuable insights about growing a business with persistence and using your network. What did you learn from Rosie in this week's episode? What are your top three takeaways? Make sure to head over to at Student Entrepreneur 101 Podcast on Instagram and share your thoughts. Do you know someone that wants to jumpstart their entrepreneurial journey? Then share this episode with them. All right, guys, stay tuned for the next episode because I have even more stories, insights, and value to share with you coming soon. Until next time, keep ideating, keep innovating, and keep on building your dreams. 